We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 197. Scott, no manager. Still no Yankees manager. I did not expect that to happen at this point. We're like two weeks after the World Series. Yeah, still no manager. It's very strange. I I really thought that this would be wrapped up by now, and it just seems like it's starting, actually, because I guess the, the, the the whole concept that Brian Cashman had a legitimate plan with legitimate candidates or a legitimate guy or two maybe at most we thought is all uh, smoke and mirrors because maybe he really does have 25 or 73 candidates because they're interviewing guys like Eric Wedge for some unknown reason so you and I are both being considered at this point I, I don't know what's happening in uh, in the Yankee universe over there the only thing I can think of and and I'll just I'll throw a conspiracy theory out at you, is that maybe Brian Cashman is doing this to avoid collusion of any sorts, and this candidate either was under contract or is under contract and is somewhere else right now, and this is all just a bunch of bullshit. Did you hear that somewhere? Where are you coming up with this? I just, this is just me talking. This is, this is, just this a, is, this is the, me talking the... <laughs> with, with another week of zero Yankee news coming out, so I'm coming up with my own theories. This is the inner workings of yeah. Scott's brain. Yeah. Uh, or maybe I have a source. I don't know. Can you collude in the offseason? I didn't think that was possible. No, but what if he... This, the collusion could have already happened. It could have already occurred. The collusion could have occurred towards the end of the season when Cashman knew damn well who was who that he was going to fire Girardi because I think well, the way it's played out, you and I both believe whoa, that whoa, whoa. this has happened. So this is a bone... I have a bone to pick because Girardi didn't get fired. Or, Not being rehired... And being fired it's the are same. two totally different things. It, it, it no, is not. exactly the same premise Bullshit. at this point. Let me ask you this question. If Girardi had another year on his contract, would he be back for next season? See, it's an easier firing. No. <laughs> because there's no money no. owed. <laughs> he would have been a, back. It's a nice, nice, easy way to do it. He would have been back. I don't know, actually. If there was one year left and, and they wanted to go this direction and they saw that the, what this team was doing... You can only uh, you can only wait so long with the with the current roster that they have. So I, that actually is an interesting question because the way the Cashman's talking, that maybe uh, maybe they would have gotten rid of him. I think actually now that I'm thinking they would have because it they have to semantics. do it. What? 
It may be semantics, but I think not being rehired and being fired are totally different things. I mean, they can be in, in, some, in some circumstances. In this particular circumstance, this is basically a firing. It really is. I mean, this one came out of nowhere. It, it, the, the team was achieving, and they chose not to bring you back for what reason? For some back-end communication reason? That's a firing, if I've ever heard of one. <laughs> Did you hear, did you listen to, so it was interesting because Monday, both Cashman and Girardi spoke at the same exact time. Uh, Cashman was speaking to the media. Girardi was speaking on WFAN with Francesa. Did you listen to those interviews? I heard parts of them, yeah. Yeah, it it just, Girardi at least treated it like he was disappointed. He was surprised, but it wasn't, it did not get a, I did not get a fired vibe. Well, he was very surprised. I think that when he walked in, he he thought he was coming back. So, I mean, I, f- I feel like anytime you feel like you have a job and then all of a sudden you don't have a job, it's not just, oh, I'm not going to you know renew your contract. Like that's an abrupt ending of a relationship, which yeah, leads me to believe team, I'm firing. Yeah. That's what, you take a young team to an ALCS, yeah. you expect to uh, be rewarded for that kind of You certainly of don't expect to success. be released from your duties <laughs> and not renewed. I mean, that's what it is. <laughs> Being released by from your yeah. duties uh, is fired. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not fired. Fired has fired is a loaded word. Fired means you did something egregious. No, it doesn't. I think had he, yeah, it does. Had he uh, had the Yankees lost the Cleveland series, then maybe he would have. I could have said, yeah, he was fired because he didn't challenge that play. But this, this is this just has a different sort of rub to it. The thing is, is that there's a there's an end of a relationship, and this one being so abrupt as it was after success, is is what is what leads me to to make it feel like it's a firing because it wasn't to on the on the outside it wasn't justified, it wasn't a justified it wasn't a justified reason to let someone go. This guy has never had a losing season. He is uh, the most winning manager, the New York Yankees, and was here for 10 years, won a championship, has a new team, got them way further than anybody ever thought they would, and then there's no contract at the end of the rainbow. That's a firing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So after he was let go slash fired, we both said Cashman has a grand plan. Cashman knows what he's doing. In Brian Cashman, we trust. Are you starting to get a little bit worried at all? Yeah, I am. I, I, You know, unless my conspiracy theory is right and there's just some guy that is... uh, is waiting and and he's just can't announce it at this point, um, which I really don't believe. I don't even believe my own conspiracy theory, but that's it. It seems like it's a uh, the fact that Eric Wedge just got interviewed is, <laughs> you know, it, it makes it makes no sense to me. It's not like it's a Rooney Rule thing where you got to interview you know X amount of people. Like Eric Wedge is like some old white dude that that that, that it doesn't matter if you bring him in for an interview. I, I don't get that. I really don't. He's he's done. He's done nothing, really. I mean, what? He was with Cleveland, then he was with Seattle, and really Seattle. underperformed with Seattle, I think. Yeah. I, I terrible. Think, I, I think he's, he's done a bad record. job recently, so I don't know why he's even being looked at or considered at this point. That's like a Joe, he, that's like a Joe Torre hire right there. <laughs> First of all, he looks exactly like Quint from Jaws. Oh, I'd have to look at that. I don't know. Yes. Go look. I, I was getting back and forth onto it on Twitter this week. He looks exactly like Quint from Jaws. That is, is Quint concerned. from Jaws the main, the main character? Uh no, Quentin's the guy that gets eaten by the shark. He's the he's the old time guy who knows the sea. Oh, okay. He's at one. Right, with I, the I, don't, sea. I can't picture him in my face, in my head. I gotta look it up. Anyway, uh, yeah, he he did not have a good tenure with with Cleveland or with Seattle. It's just he's a name that that if he was to be hired as the Yankees manager, you would sort of scratch your head and be like, well, then why not just keep Joe Girardi? Yeah, exactly. Well, money, it would be a money thing at that point. It, it, that's what it would feel like to me. Well, it would feel like a money, money thing, thing with the Yankees. I'm pissed. Oh, no doubt. That I, I, I don't think I don't think that Eric Wedge is a serious candidate. I mean, I really, I'm really like holding on, holding on to the hopes that he's that he's not a serious candidate. I can't if believe you're that he's a serious interviewed candidate. though. No, if you're getting interviewed, you're a serious candidate. I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. It really makes no sense. A rumor is totally different than an interview. Aaron Boone, David Cohn. John Flaherty, all these guys, random ass guys, have been rumored. Eric Wedge was actually interviewed. That's that's different. That's that's a serious candidate in my mind. Well, the other thing is that there there could be interviews also for uh, you know once a job once a guy is hired, then Cashman has a bank of interviews to go back with and talk with this manager about bringing on other guys to the staff. 
Eric Wedge feels like a guy that could be on the staff. He feels like a guy who's got managerial experience that could help out a young guy who doesn't have much managerial experience, kind of like your, um, you know, your 1A bench coach slash, you know, assistant manager type guy that could uh, that could help guide and counsel someone who doesn't have enough experience. Now, see, if that's if that's particular, that's part of this interview process, because we don't know 100 percent that they're they're only interviewing for that job. Right. They could be interviewing and then talking about other do you roles. Interview, but do you do that publicly? Do you interview a potential coaching job, a bench coach job or something like that in that sort of public forum? He met with the media afterwards. Yeah. I, I mean, what I'm thinking is, is that I mean, I, he was brought in as a as a managerial candidate. But yeah. what I'm saying is that I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure that Cashman is also asking different questions as well at the same time saying, okay, well, if we don't bring you on for this, would you be interested in this? And maybe that was the only way they could get him <laughs> in to talk to him. You know, I don't this know. Is there, there could be, there could be of, things like that. What I thought it was is like, you know how a realtor will show you a shitty property at first to then make the other one seem a lot better? That's what I thought Eric Wedge was. He was the shitty apartment with the hole in the wall and the leaky ceiling. So then the realtor takes you to the next place. You're like, ah, this place isn't that bad. Yeah, but we're not we're not looking for that. We're not looking for the the shitty house right now. We're just looking for I am not going to look for anybody I, at this point. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to see a crappy house. I know what I I wanna I want my the the buyer to know exactly what he wants. I don't I don't want this like run of the mill bullshit. Like, why are we even trotting him out? It's it, it it's it's making no sense to me. Because Eric Wedge is not gonna take us to the promised land. I can tell you that right now. Why was he interviewed? I don't know. I don't have an answer. Like I said, the only thing I could think of is that if he was not a, a, a true, I mean, yes, they'll say he was a true candidate because he got interviewed, but there could have been other reasons for the interview. Let me first tell you about Sleep Number and why it's so damn important that we all get sleep because I, I know how important it is to get sleep because I don't have any sleep in the past, what, two to three months. I have a newborn baby. It's all worth it in my eyes, but I can tell you that sleep is, uh, is completely out of my brain right now. When you are looking for a bed, please consider Sleep Number. They're sponsoring our podcast, but today and this month, Consider someone that you know who's in the military or is a veteran. Imagine how much a good night's sleep actually means to them. This month's sleep number is honoring our nation's heroes with savings reserved just for them. We just celebrated Veterans Day on Saturday, and we all know how important it is to thank our veterans. The sleep number bed lets you choose your ideal comfort and support on your side. It's the perfect bed for couples also. The newest beds are so smart, they actually sense your every move and automatically adjust while you stay sleeping comfortably through the night. Sleep Number Bed costs about the same as a traditional mattress, but it lasts twice as long, and 91% of owners recommend getting a Sleep Number Bed. Come in for exclusive savings just for military and veterans, and right now it's a semi-annual sale where you can find clearance savings of $600 on a Sleep Number P6 mattress with Sleep IQ technology. You'll only find Sleep Number at any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Visit sleepnumber.com to find the store near you and be sure to tell them when you walk in those doors, Bronx Pinstripe sent you. When Brian Cashman spoke with the media on Monday, it was a little concerning uh, that he said no front runners for the manager position. And I know he's not going to come out and say these are the guys I'm really looking at. But it's, I'm really getting the sense as this process has gone on that I don't think there were really any front runners for the manager position. We thought there was a small number of guys. Doesn't seem that way. That makes me a little nervous. It makes me very nervous for the way that this is going down. So uh, just just the way it's playing out in the media is uh, has been strange. Like just obviously the fact that Eric Wedge got interviewed. And look, the other thing is about this is if he's come out and say that they don't have a, a guy. Uh, he's going to have to interview people, whether it's a real interview or not. He's going to have to interview some people, um, may, you know, maybe guys like Eric Wedge uh, and uh, and Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson definitely deserves an interview. There's no doubt about it. The guy's been with the franchise for such a long time, and pretty much everybody who talks about him has glowing things to say. So if you're not getting an interview and you're in his position, um, you know, you're probably not staying with the organization. I would think. I, w- I would feel like at some point you got to make that next move, right? Like at some point when that, when that position is open and now it's open that if you're not even at least considered, then you're going to have some kind of a, a gripe with that organization at that point or, or, or move on where there's greener pastures. But 
Um, so Cashman has to interview people. And I, I think this process, there's no pretty way to do it at this point because now that he's talked about there's no front runner, there's a whole bunch of candidates, it's a... Uh, it's, it's not a pretty process, in my opinion, like the way that this has gone down. I, I would have much rather him say, I, I know my guy. This is my guy. This is who's going to take us to the, next, uh, to the next land. A lot of the other manager positions have been filled. Pretty much all the other ones. All right? of them, yeah. They're, yeah. Um, that's not necessarily bad because there's still, there's still plenty of candidates out there, as we found out, that the Yankees have a lot of guys in mind for the position. But it just... I don't know I don't know why they're going through this sort of process where it doesn't seem like Cashman has a short list. I thought you and I gave Cashman the benefit of that that we thought he had a short list after he let Girardi go. I still think that there's a I still think that there is a plan in the uh, behind the scenes. I, I don't think that I know Cashman doesn't reveal everything he does to the media. So the fact that he's interviewing some of these guys uh, w- when they're coming out and talking about, uh, they know that they're also still trying out when they're talking to the media. So you're going to get some answers that are, you know, pretty canned. I, I would assume. Um, I still think there's this this process is there, and, and I, I I I still believe, even though there are all these rumors of all these things that are happening and people are being interviewed, I still think that in his mind he's got a guy or two guys. I, I still you believe think that. it's. You think it's still going to get done this month? I hope so. I mean, you you got winter meetings coming up. You you damn well want to have your your manager in place by then. You'd think you'd want to have it in place for, you know, when the holidays strike, because as soon as Thanksgiving comes, it's just, you know, December is, is pretty quick with the winter meetings and then Christmas and all the different holiday stuff that happens. So, um, yeah, I would think that they need to lock it up soon. I mean, the other thing about not locking it up soon is that the media just, you're just giving that much more attention to the fact that you don't right. have a manager at this point. Right. And that's not that's good. It. It allows for the media to go wild with all these rumors. Yeah. And then that's why we get these David Cohn and John Flaherty and Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone rumors. Seriously? I mean, Aaron Boone is one of those younger guys who's in the media. Stop. And no, I'm telling you, Stop he's one it. of the sexy, sexy guys out there that, that, if, that could be a, <laughs> uh, a potential candidate. I mean, you see if a lot Aaron of those Boone, guys come from the booth and they go down and, and all of a sudden they're, they're in a position of manager or you know, front office or, or whatnot. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. Do you, do you think Aaron Boone would be considered or in this rumor situation had he not hit that home run in 2003 off Tim Wakefield? Uh, yeah, probably no, I don't, because he's in the, I don't, because he's in the media. I don't think so. No, I don't think he'd be in the media. I don't think he would have a job oh, at ESPN that. if he didn't hit that home run. Yo, let I me, let he, me tell I you, let me would, tell you something. If Tim Hasselbeck has a job in the media, any former player who tries can have a job in the media. Anybody. Because so he's, so he's the worst thing that's ever graced the, uh, the, the television screen. The worst. You're saying Tim, Tim Hasselbeck is the Aaron Boone? Yeah, he's pretty NFL close. I'd say, that's, I'd say it's a pretty fair comparison. A journeyman. I, I think I'm actually knocking down Aaron Boone a little bit for that. I, I think Tim, Tim Hasselbeck is a waste of space. But the, uh, when you're looking at guys who are former players that go into the booth, I think a lot of those guys... If they have any kind of personality, they're going to do well. See, I think uh, Trent Dilfer is more of an Aaron Boone com- uh, comp. Since Trent that Dilfer had a moment, he won. He, did. he won a World Series. Excuse me, he won a Super Bowl. I know Aaron Boone didn't win a World Series, but hitting a home run to send a team to the World Series is kind of kind of huge. Yeah, but I, I don't mind Trent Dilfer. So Tim Hasselbeck, just because they're bald doesn't mean they're the same guy. That's uh, that's that's being <laughs> no, that's being prejudiced no towards bald men. Uh, bald white guys, yeah, they're the same guy. Yeah, see, Larry David have a problem with this. Uh, did, does it worry you at all that Brian Cashman was asked on that conference call, is A-Rod a candidate, and he didn't say no? And A-Rod has not denied it either, has just dodged questions. Uh, someone sent us right. a tweet about that as well. It's the unspoken It's the unspoken sort of thing. Yeah. And, A-Rod and, and is the man, next manager of the and A-Rod No one's has, really commenting on it. A-Rod's been on a media blitz lately, if you've noticed. He's been everywhere. He's oh, been, I've no, he, he's been everywhere for a year. No, but in the past two weeks, he's been on a media blitz. He's been, he's been doing a lot of interviews over the past two weeks, some extended interviews, uh, a lot of them towards the business side, but then talking more about baseball. Uh, he did some stuff with the Yankees. He's been around. He's he's been, he's been on Shark Tank. Yeah, he's been doing all. But this I mean, stuff. in the last two weeks, he's ramped it up. He's ramped up the 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 um the public eye. He's doing. He was doing those GQ shoots where he's like grabbing a handful of J Lo's. I mean, like it's pretty crazy. The, some of these pictures that were out there of J Lo's what of J Lo's booty. <laughs> 
There's a lot to grab. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was there's there was a lot going on with A Rod over the past two weeks. Good for A Rod. So who knows? Maybe maybe A Rod is the silent assassin coming in no, and going to be the next the next manager. Who knows? Maybe maybe it's a- true. If you were A Rod right again, now, I would go going insane. Out with J-Lo. If going out with J Lo, all that kind of stuff, would you want to be the next manager of the Yankees? Why are you saying this? Why? You're acting like he's not the biggest narcissist in the face of this planet. Yes, no, of course he would. He, stri- no, he no, doesn't no, care. No, no, no. He does no. anything that puts him in a spotlight and puts him in a position where he can be the that guy. Is way too much stress. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, he would love it. He would love it. He would love to be that guy. We we'd have to listen to his lisp. The sh- That's sh- another reason. You're sh- <laughs> <laughs> the manager of the New York Yankees. <laughs> That's another reason why I was shocked when David Cohn threw his hat in the ring. Because why the hell does David Cohn want that kind of stress? David Cohn is doing a couple games on yes a year. He doesn't want to be. He he wants to be calling Yankees baseball, not actually managing it. Yeah, Coney obviously he's a big big into the numbers this year too. He was diving constantly, uh, throwing out statistics during the broadcast. Do you think there was a ulterior motive there the whole season? Potentially. Potentially, there was uh, so he was laying some groundwork. He's like, "Look, I know numbers." As he's reading it from a book, like I know the numbers. This is I'm a I'm a big analytics guy. Uh, Cashman also said he's he's open to hiring somebody who has no managerial experience. And you and I sort of have talked over the last couple of weeks. We think it's going to be somebody in house, maybe somebody who has had experience in the past, like an Al Padrique type or somebody like that. If they hired somebody who has no managerial experience, no real coaching experience at any level, is that going to concern you? At this point, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't really say that. I can't say yes, it will, because I mean, you're looking at, uh, look at Dave Roberts, what he just did. He walked down from the Dodgers booth and went into the, the position, position of manager and took them to the World Series. Granted, they had a ridiculous payroll. They had uh, a lot of uh, weapons at his disposal, but to me, that's uh, at this point the way that the Yankees roster is and the way things are going. Like, I don't. It's it's really you have to manage the guys and and you have to have. I, I think you have to be a guy that's that's able to get the best play out of your guys. And I don't know that you necessarily need the most managerial experience for that for for what they're trying to look for in today's manager because so much of it is driven by the numbers and and so so little of it is driven by the eyes that. You know, what's experience do for you when you can just go back to a formula? Well, experience makes the rest of us feel good. It does. It, it makes me it feel gives good. Us, yeah, it gives us confidence that the guy who was just hired knows what he's doing. I, and if he has I, no experience, it's going to make us second guess it. Well, that's just the reality. Yeah. And that's why I think guys like Eric Wedge or a, a guy that's been around the block a few times is an integral part to, you know, a coaching staff when you bring on a guy with little to little or no experience. I think those guys are integral in the way that, you know, they can lend a, uh, you know, an ear or they can just be a, a, a guy basically to consult you throughout the, the season and, and just kind of talk, talk you through situations, how they have done it in the past. Whereas the new guy can then, you know, take what he's learned and what he's seen as a player. And, and then, you know, from, from consult from other guys who have been in manager positions and then go to the numbers and then they kind of learn on the job. I mean, look, it's happening all over baseball. So it would not surprise me if that were, it was the direction. It really wouldn't surprise me. Right, because Eric Wedge has experience, but are we happy with that experience? Probably not. Well, exactly, and that's why I wouldn't. I mean, like a guy like Eric Wedge to me is is a valuable asset on a coaching staff. I don't want him as my manager, though. Yeah, uh, Cashman also said that he there's he doesn't foresee any heavy lifting with the roster, which is pretty obvious because the roster has a lot of young kids on it. It has a lot of players with set positions. So I was just sort of trying to think what if there was any actual lifting to be done, where it would be. The spots I sort of thought of were DH, which you and I have answered a couple mailbag questions over the last couple weeks on the DH spot. I think they need to sign another starting pitcher. Maybe that's Sabathia. Maybe it's another free agent, but they need more starting pitching depth. And then I think the big thing is going to be clearing an outfield spot, whether that's Ellsbury or Gardner. Yeah, and and I, you know those those types of decisions at this point, I mean, they're not going to be done um, by the the manager. Brian Cashman is going to take care of the decision, especially with the outfield. The outfield is an interesting one. I mean, obviously, we all know that they're trying to shop Ellsbury. They're trying to get rid of the contract. They're trying to get rid of the player because he's pretty much at this point doing nothing for this roster. I mean, he was a he was a guy who had stepped in this year 
due to injuries and and had like what a two week start, uh, maybe a two to three week like spurt <laughs> yeah. where he was back. Ellsbury is like the guy he almost used to be for that one back. season, maybe. And then no, and then he was back to being Ellsbury again. So he was quote back like hitting two seventy five. He was a warm body at, when we needed a warm body, uh, but you know the the Yankees the Yankees went through a lot of uh, different options in that outfield. I mean, we saw guys getting called up like Clint Frazier when in in no way did was did the Yankees at that point when he got called up even think he was ready? Uh, kind of got thrown into the fire because of injuries, um, and that's why Ellsbury you know had some more time, but he doesn't. He doesn't fit this team. There's they're chock full of guys who can come up and play. Like, give me a Jake Cave over Jacoby Ellsbury on the roster. Like, I would legitimately prefer that. I, realistically, he makes twenty one million bucks a year. Ellsbury does. How much are the Yankees going to have to eat if they want to trade him? They're going to have to eat. At, at, I think half the contract. I think it's going to have to be a significant amount of the contract. It's going to be a total dump. It's going to be a dump. They'll they'll maybe get. A very low-level guy, if that, and then they'll eat some of the money. But no, it's it's going to be more than some. It's going to be the majority. They're gonna they're gonna be uh, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be eating a lot of the money if they get rid of him. It's the only way to do it. But that's uh, addition by subtraction. I think so. I mean, I think that I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's the reason they got rid of uh, Arod last year. They, they they had to get rid of him because there was no spot for him on this team any longer. So they. Addition by subtraction, they they ate the entire contract, spent a lot of money. It's a different situation in the sense that he's not like a, um, it's just a different situation. But there's there's no, I don't think there's any, there's no love loss between the Yankees and, and Jacoby Ellsbury. I mean, they'll just there was no love. They'll ever. dump him. They'll dump <laughs> love him. never existed. Yeah. If, if if they have to eat fifteen of the twenty one million, I think that's actually actually realistic. You're gonna have to pay fifteen million bucks a year for Ellsbury not to play on your team. It's possible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they paid that much money. But I, I think that they, that Brian Cashman needs to just eat it and needs to do it because he's not the same player. Well, it's he, not he'll Brian never, Cashman. He'll never be it's Steinbrenner. It's, Steinbrenner has to sign off on it. He does have to sign off on it, but Cashman has to orchestrate the deal. Brian Cashman has to show that it's a possibility that 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 it can be done at least to uh, to get some reprieve from that contract. There there needs to be some sure. kind of a. a a deal that that maybe somebody needs they just need a, a veteran guy and uh, they don't want to pay a lot of money and there's nobody out there that fits their bill and Jacoby Ellsbury for the right price would fit their bill and that's what that's what because, they need to find because even if uh, Clint Frazier starts in AAA which he might very well at this point he doesn't need an entire season at AAA he'll be up fairly quickly so he needs to play. Uh, you've, you have Judge, obviously, Hicks, and either Gardner or Ellsbury. That's the real logjam is Gardner or Ellsbury. And none of us want to see Brett Gardner traded. The realistic possibility is Brett Gardner getting traded because he's a much more attractive player. But you can't have Ellsbury and Gardner on the team still. It's just too much of a, a duplicate player. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think Gardner's going anywhere at this point. I think he, he proved how much value again, yet again. Uh, how much he has, especially to uh, to this young team. I mean, you can only have so much turnover. If you're getting rid of your manager, you're you're probably not going to be signing re-signing uh, Matt uh, Matt Holiday, and then you were to get rid of a, a guy like Gardy. Like that's three guys that were substantial uh, leaders, veteran leaders in your clubhouse in a in a year that took you to the game seven of the ALCS. I mean, you just can't do that. You cannot have that much turnover. It, it's a to me that that. Right there is is a is a, is a ticking time bomb. Um, you need veteran presence with a with a young squad. You have to have it. I definitely agree. Um, that's why it's interesting if what they do with the DH spot. And I know we have a we have a mailbag question about this later, but it's interesting what they do with the DH spot if they. Um, let's just read that now because it it, it goes very well. Right. This is from Corey. He says, "What do you guys think about Matt Holiday's season, and will he get re-signed?" I don't think either of us think he'll get re-signed, but the question is, what did they do at the DH spot? Do they hire somebody like Todd Frazier, who was also a veteran leader, to sort of come in and fill that void? Yeah, see, I'm very interested to see how Frazier, uh, the, how that goes down in this offseason. I mean, if he's going to get a multi-year deal from another squad, then you've you got to believe that he's going to go do that. Um, you know, the numbers that he put up really... Uh, lead me to believe that he could actually benefit if he were to sign a one-year deal and then try to go after one more contract. 
um, but try to improve his numbers. And if you're looking at a team to do that, uh, Yankee Stadium and this roster is a good uh, a good a, a good team to be. You know, trying to hit you know much better with the statistics, uh, get more run production. You got a lot of guys who are going to be on base. You, you got a lot of very good hitters. Um, so theoretically, you can get a lot of good pitches. I, I think it's a good position for him if you were to sign a one year, maybe something with incentives um, with a player option so that he could go out for that second contract uh, and, and make it a bigger one, or at least have the ability to stay on for another season. And he gives fl- uh, flexibility too. I mean, he plays third base. He could play. Uh, he's even said this towards the end of the season. He mentioned this. It was kind of in passing, but um, talked about how he could play the outfield and first base and things like that. So if that's something he's willing to do and, and, you know, and that's a position he wants to be on. And then I think he is that guy as well that could fill in for a spot and you're not, you're not losing another guy. I think flexibility is the main key because the lack of versatility for Matt Holiday come the end of the season and into the playoffs, I thought was a major problem. And I thought it was also a reason why he wasn't able to play in the playoffs because the only spot was him for DH. The DH wasn't producing, but Girardi was not able to fit him into the DH spot because Holiday had no, no position. And I think that's a problem on this team. Well, there's no doubt. Be, he... You could tell towards the end of the season that it was becoming a major problem. The fact that he was non-versatile, there was zero versatility with him. I mean, the the first base experiment was didn't didn't end well. He looked okay for the first game or two, and then he was just looking exposed. I mean, missing foul balls uh, that were easy easy pop flies. Like the guy was just he's not a he's not a fielder any longer. He's he's a DH, right. and unfortunately, he just he couldn't stay healthy this year. So um, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. I, I don't think it warrants them to re-sign him. But I think they will, you know, look for a guy similar to that. Or because of Chase Headley as well. I mean, when you're looking at the minor leagues, you're looking at position players ready to come up. Chase Headley's the guy that you circle, and and he adds a lot of flexibility. Uh, and I think that there's they're they're going to need more time at that DH spot too for for uh, Gary Sanchez to get a few more uh, at bats as a DH and and to you know get him a little bit more time uh, from away from uh, being a catcher every single time. I think that DH spot is a good flexible position for him. And then also Judge. I mean, Judge is a guy that's going to have to, I, I think, come out a, a little bit more often than he did this past year. I think he's going to break down quickly if, they, if he's playing um, almost every single day all year uh, for you know five, six years in a row. It makes sense, doesn't it? Just, just the body type. Just get him, get him off his feet. He's too big to, to be out there every day. Yeah, I mean, I think... You look at some guys who uh, who are massive human beings who did it for a long time. I and mean, Winfield did it for a long time. Frank Thomas had a long career. There are guys who can do it, but when you're playing right field and you're laying out like the way Judge does, it's just, I think he's a different type of athlete as well. I mean, I don't think we've seen anything like him because he's such a specimen. And I mean, he, honestly, he's what, six seven runs like runs. And if you didn't know how big he was and you saw him from a distance, you just saw the way he moved. You'd think he was like six two because that's how we, that's how athletic he is. He, he moves like a guy who's six two six three. And that's also part of the reason why he's on MLB The Show 2018 cover. Uh, new face of baseball. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's the face of baseball, baby. That's it. <laughs> we, uh, we were sort of joking about it all summer. After the home run derby, after what he did, sort of winning the all-star break, right? He, he was what MLB was hoping for. Massive human being. A guy they've never seen before. Hitting 50 home runs this season. Winning the home run derby being the most popular guy at the All-Star break. And now he's on the cover of the most popular baseball game, baseball video game. <laughs> this is this is what MLB and the Yankees were hoping for. Yeah, and again, I predicted I predicted this 2 years ago. I made a bet with my buddy that says Aaron Judge will be the face of baseball. Mark my words. This guy is the exact quintessential uh, player that the that the uh, the Major League Baseball wants and the fact that he delivered and hit 50 plus home runs as a rookie like that's the guy you want they they want the home run back they want the home run back they want the home run sexy again and it's back when you got Giancarlo Stanton and you got uh Aaron Judge in two different leagues hopefully they stay in two different leagues unless they're on the same team then you have very good things for baseball and I I expect next year you're gonna see a lot of like back and forth with the Stanton Judge thing I think MLB is going to expose the living hell out of that because they're so similar in stature and um, you know even their their look. I mean they 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 have a similar look. They're just giants. So I, I think that they're going to be using the those two guys quite a bit. 
Are you getting worried at all that Stanton might go to the Red Sox? Because that seems to be heating up every day now. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I am a little bit. It's it's a worry. <laughs> it's an absolute worry. The only the only thing I'll I'll say about that is that it's such a long and giant contract. That, like that's another guy who could break down, and I could see the if the Red Sox were to do that, them getting stuck with a giant contract and a, and a guy who uh, comes to the American League and you know potentially fades out a little bit over time, but. I don't well, know. <laughs> that would still suck for the next couple of years. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Because that's a thumper in the lineup. And the fact that, you know, if I, I swear to God, and I know we have a mailbag about this too, but if uh, if Jeter were to deal Giancarlo Stanton to the Red Sox as his initial move as owner, man, that would just that would be a tough pill to swallow. It's a slap in the face. It, is a, a it would be a slap in the face. Yeah, it would be. Uh, and, you know, I don't care if it's baseball, all baseball, and that's it. It's a slap no, in the face. That's baseball, Susan. It, that's a slap that's, in the face. It, it, that's just business. It's not personal. Oh, it's personal. It's personal. <laughs> not personal to Jeter. Yeah, damn. Jeter, the new president, CEO of the Marlins. Well, he guess what, Jeter? Shit. Guess what, Jeter? It's personal to everybody else. Shit's personal. You can't do that. that you cannot do that. That's, ex- that's exactly why I think Jeter would do it. You know what I was watching the other day that brought back memories? And I, I got to look at the time frame, and I got to believe it was afterwards. You know how uh, uh, Jeter's like, boy was uh or still is is uh his like closest guy uh, friend is gerald williams i think they came up together around the same time um gerald williams was a hot prospect with the yankees he had a a couple like eh seasons but never was the guy that they really thought do you remember when he charged the mound uh against pedro when he was playing with the diamondbacks of course yeah no no no. uh rays tampa what did i say yeah yeah that's what i meant the um that's what i meant the tampa bay rays they're both you know one of those expansion teams fake teams yeah one of the fake teams uh but I was watching that. The video came up somehow, you know, on one of those Facebook pages. Popped through my screen. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in a long time. And uh, yeah, Gerald Williams coming after Pedro Martinez. I loved it. I loved it. That's this, So this is leading me to believe that Derek Jeter is not going to do business with the Red Sox. <laughs> so you, did, you did a whole... Yeah, yeah. This is me. a lot of backflips Yeah, I'm like, there, why is this on my screen? Not why is this Sox? on my screen? Why is Derek Jeter's best friend going after Pedro right now? Oh, because this trade's not going to happen. That's my justification. It's like, you know, it's the it's the it's the world telling me that that trade's not going to happen. If if the Marlins deal Stanton to the Red Sox, how much do Yankee fans? How much does that hurt Jeter and Yankees fans' minds? I, I don't think it really does. I think it's very I think much. It on does the surface. a little bit. I honestly think it does a little bit, like ten percent. The only reason I will say that the potentially. That has some some uh, potential to do harm is because now there are new guys in yeah. in in the minds of Yankee fans, and I don't want to get I, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I love Derek Jeter. I will always love Derek Jeter. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's there are some people. You got to throw that in there. Yeah, there are some people in this world that are younger fans, probably that maybe don't have the same connections to Jeter. They just know him as the the guy who oh, they maybe that weird. Maybe they saw him play. Maybe they saw the tail end of it. Maybe they you know maybe they didn't see him play and just know who he is. And now their guys are all these guys in front of us, Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez. Like these are the guys now. So if Derek Jeter, the Yankee that everybody would talk about, and I'm talking about the younger fan base, uh, maybe in you know that's that's like in middle school, high school. I'm not even going to say college, middle school and high school. Like those guys don't really know him as much. They know him from their parents or whatever. So yeah, that's going to damage the the reputation of Derek Jeter in the mind of those fans. Me. Guys who grew up with Derek Jeter as watching him, no, it's not going to affect him one bit. See, I think that Jeter is trying to channel Steinbrenner, George Steinbrenner, and just be and ruthless. Sti- yeah, ruthless, ruthless businessman. Steinbrenner freaking was trying to sell Winfield down the river. He was hiring private investigators to try and get shit up on him. Jeter, Jeter wants to just be that shrewd businessman. He wants to be a winner. He, he wants to be the. Yes. He's a winner. That's what he wants he's to a, be. He wants he's to. He's a born winner. Yeah. He's a winner. He wants to be a winner, and and that's what he does. So he doesn't really care yeah. what's in his tracks. But I must say, he does usually do the right thing. At the end of the day, Derek Jeter does the right thing. At the end of the day, nine hey, times Derek, out of ten, if, if you're listening, Derek, do the right thing. Yeah. Don't trade Stanton to the Red Sox. Any other team will accept him. To any other team, the Mets, the Blue Jays, whatever you want to do, just don't do it to the Red Sox. Yeah, preferably, preferably to the. The Cardinals in the National League, though, that sounds like the deal that's the most heated up. I mean, that's that's what I've heard rumors about that, uh, you know, the sources, all, all these sources coming out saying that uh, 
Seattle or Seattle, St. Louis has the uh, the package that they want. So hopefully that deal goes through. I also heard the Astros as rumored. I was like, That's, you've got it. I don't. Me. I don't want him going to the Astros either. <laughs> Way too many home run hitters in that Astros lineup if they get Stanton. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, sad news, obviously, over the week is Roy Halladay's death. And he died in a plane crash. Instantly brought back memories of Corey Lytle and obviously Thurman Munson for some older Yankees fans. But did you hear the Boston radio guy uh, bashing mocking Roy Halladay for flying a plane and dying. I heard so, I heard about somebody doing it and I just I really didn't give it too much attention because I, I just chalked it up to some guy being an asshole trying to make waves so, and and you know it's the old shock jack stuff that that guys just try to make a, a headline so his point was I don't even know his name that right, his name is uh Michael I Felger. I don't even care so, what his name what, is. Whatever. I used to listen to that radio station when I was back in Boston. His point was that uh, Halliday is he was he's stupid for dying that way because he was flying a plane and he's probably not experienced enough to be flying that plane and he might have been showboating it and it's just his basic overall point was that it's uh, sort of like a, a sad death because it wasn't an accident it was just sort of somebody being stupid and dangerous which is fine he just mocked him which was stupid but. All the news that came out with Halliday, and I don't really want to talk about getting to anything about his actual death. I just sort of want to talk about what Roy Halliday was as a player because I think that's what you and I would rather talk about. Uh, Roy Halliday was freaking awesome. And Roy Halliday was unlike any a lot of pitchers during that mid 2000s era where he was the complete game guy. He was the workhorse who would go 9 innings when everyone else was going 7 innings. And anytime Roy Halliday was going up against the Yankees, you were like, "Shit, we're probably going to lose tonight." Yeah, he's one of those guys that was an an automatic loss. You knew you weren't going to get a lot off of him. I mean, he was just he was a fun uh, a fun guy to watch pitch because he was such a uh, uh, such a workhorse. I love the story that how he got completely torn down, basically sent down to the single A, and then reinvented himself and came up and, and just dominated. I think that's awesome. Uh, there's a particular guy that uh, I know he he like basically, um, you know, credits that that rebuild uh, the that that second half of his career to. Um, but I think it's just such a cool story about how you can you know find yourself uh, at a position you're in major league baseball you're not doing well you tear it down you build it back up again and then you dominate like that's awesome that just give that should give every single person hope <laughs> uh the and he was a you know a guy that's um one of one of the one of the best right-handed pitchers uh that I've ever seen pitch so it was Holiday will definitely be missed and any of this other nonsense that these people are talking about it's just them being being making asses of themselves trying to make some headlines Definitely. Shohei Otani chose an agency, creative artist agency, so he will be playing Major League Baseball 2018. That's huge news, obviously. He's the the most coveted free, uh, free agent from the international market. A lot of people, a lot of Yankee fans want to see him playing for the Yankees. Um, it looks like that the Ham Fighters are going to get that $20 million posting fee that you and I were talking about last week. Yeah, I, I guess there are some just some uh some little things that need to happen as far as you know getting uh eyes dotted and t's crossed for that to go down but that's that's what it seems like it seems like it's it's it is happening um we've been talking to a couple guys to get on the show hopefully we'll have um even more information on that next week we're we're working out some things uh scheduling wise with a couple guys to come in and talk a little bit more about otani but look i the guys coming over i think it's the right move because uh, to me the um the agents just want to get him over here, you know, to, so that they can get their paws on him, get some control and have him in, in Major League Baseball because it doesn't do them any good if he's waiting. You know, it does. It does. The only people it does good is uh, the, the contract that Otani is going to make, but he can still benefit from being over here. So I think the faster he gets over here, the better for everybody. Um, and it seems well, like he of- wants to. So that, like, that's that, that's what's, I think, driving the reason why he, they're, they're making this work. Yeah, kind of. It's interesting, right? Because he could make more money if he just waits a couple seasons. But uh, the fact that he's coming over now kind of 
kind of makes you feel like he he wants it more, don't don't you think? Well, I think it's a good thing, yeah, because I, I think if he did wait, I mean, you, you know, once he's 25 and he's able to get more money, um, obviously he'd come over with a bigger splash. But at the same time, now he's going to, if he comes over this year, uh, he could kind of prove himself uh, here and get a giant contract by showing what he can do here. So, yeah, I think that's 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 nothing but good news for anybody who signs him. I think that he's going to be playing for another contract, which is also an, a very good thing for anybody who signs him. And the value for this guy coming over right now is, is stupid. I mean, it's ridiculous. The Yankees need to go all in on trying to get him because <laughs> the money that would be spent for a guy that supposedly he is. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to just different... Uh, different guys talking about this on like serious radio and things, and and it, it, it seems like a lot of the um, uh, I think it was the the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Red Sox, and the Yankees all had like A plus grades on this guy, the scouting department, and so with all these guys, just I mean, even if they're not in the in the running for it, because some of those teams can't even sign him really, but the fact that they all have like A plus grades on this guy that he's coming over leads me to believe that you know he, he's got a very high potential of doing well. And if you can get a guy that has a high potential of doing well, that is a pitcher and a hitter, and however the hell you want to use it, whatever you're going to do, but you have that the potential for that guy coming over and signing an extremely uh, team-friendly contract, you got to go all in because he's not going to cost a lot of money and he could be an extreme impact player. That's the thing. The all-in is not really going all-in. You don't have to risk a lot to get this guy. So even if he stinks after a couple seasons, it's not that big of a financial risk. Right. So if the Yankees want to sign him for the five and a half or six million dollars, depending on what they have in the international signing pool money to sign him for, it's not that big of a financial risk. So they can sign him. And if he stinks, they just move on. And when I'm talking about going all in, I'm talking about with the recruitment on the recruitment side. They better well, they better start pulling anything and everything. Like go, let's go after this college football style. Let's make sure this guy signs. I don't care what you got to do. Recruit so Brian Cashman's going to be sleeping at his mom's house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything. You got to, you got to, you got to pull out all the stops on uh, on Otani when he's coming because you know where the money is. Everybody's on the same level at that point, right? I mean, the, the guys that are able to sign him are, are pretty much yeah. at the same point. So now you got to sell him on why you're better and why your team is better. And if the Yankees can't do that then there's something wrong. But they should go the, all in and do it tenfold. The Yankees, the Dodgers, maybe the Mariners, just because of Ichiro and the history they have with Japanese players, those are those are kind of the leading candidates to get to get somebody like this. Right, but uh, there's a limit for for the teams that are even allowed to get him because of the international yeah, pool money. At this, at, but at this point, like you said, the money doesn't really matter. It's about where he wants to play. What Major League Baseball franchise does he want to play for? Right. And... You know, well, there are some teams that are completely out of it because of the how little they have, um, and, and you know they really wouldn't be able to sign him even for the short term. So I do believe that when you're talking about like this guy, that yes, the the amount of money that you have plays a small amount into it because that's the money he's getting currently, and right now that is something like obviously this guy's looking down the road for 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 bigger contracts. There's no doubt about it. But at this point, where can you get that bigger contract? How can you have more success so that you can play well and then get that bigger contract? Like that's what has to be to me led. Um, you know why he's gonna drive a decision. Where's his best chance to win and show what he can do now? So what you're saying is you don't want Eric Wedge going over there and recruiting no, him? No, no, I do not want Eric Wedge going over there. I don't know. Doesn't uh, doesn't Nintendo own the uh, Mariners? Do they? Do, do they still own them? Uh, they did. I don't know I if they still Starbucks, did. Starbucks did. No, I, the, I, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of guys from Nintendo that, that owned them, unless they've sold off. It was whatever. Not a clue. I, I don't know the, uh, the, the up-to-date ownership details of the Seattle Mariners. But what I'm getting at is that Eric Wedge was a fired uh, Seattle Mariner, and uh, there are Japanese relations there with the businessmen. So, no, I, I have a feeling that there, are, there have been uh, conversations about Eric Wedge. You know, I don't know how I don't know how how he's in with uh, the ownership of the Seattle Mariners right now. I just don't know. I, I don't want Eric Wedge anywhere near this. 
Before we get into mailbags, I want to remind you where to submit mailbags at bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. It really uh, is the driving factor this offseason. You guys telling us what you want to hear. So uh, tweet us and also send your mailbag questions to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast at Yankees podcast. My handle is at Andrew underscore Rotondi and Scott's is at Scott Reinen. Okay, let's get into some mailbag questions. The first one is from Zach Waters. He says, how in the world did Gardy not repeat as a gold glove winner? Gordon was hurt for half the season and didn't produce. I also recall seeing a tweet saying that among qualified players, Gardner was only the only one with a thousand fielding percentage. Not quite sure what qualified means, but a thousand fielding percentage for an everyday fielder seems pretty gold glove quality to me. So Zach is concerned with the gold glove here. And this is one of those awards that I do, I do not give a crap about. No, but it leads you when you're looking at the numbers and what Gardy does, and the fact that uh, he's won it before. I mean, I know Alex Gordon. I don't even know how many he has, but I know he's won multiple Gold Gloves. So, and a lot of times, I think with these types of awards, they give it to the same guy over and over again. It just feels like one of those awards that they do. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I got no answer for you. I, I have a feeling it's uh, some political stuff that goes on with that as well. Uh, but I agree with you that a thousand seems pretty qualified. <laughs> Absolutely. I always remember the Rafael Palmeiro in 1999 winning the gold glove with 28 games played at first base. Yeah. And once you do that, once you award a guy with 28 games played at a position as a gold glove, it's just a joke award. I agree. I remember that year and I'm looking at that. I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense how a guy that has played such little time deserves a gold glove because I mean that's what it is it's a it's a it's an achievement award more based on what your career has done I think it's it's really just a popularity thing for defense and a lot you see a lot of repeat winners uh through yeah you and I you and I both know Guardy is a phenomenal left fielder so (laughs) whether he wins the gold glove award or not I don't really care uh the next question is from uh he's a twitter question at creature uh, her name is Creature at Chris Critoro. I was reading uh, MLB Trade Rumors top 50 for agent list, and they peg Al Avila signing with the Yankees. I think he'd be a good compliment to Gary, given Avila's solid track record of defense and more consistent hitting he showed this year. Just a thought uh, as a backup catcher option. What do you think? I don't think they're really going to address the backup catcher option right now. I mean, I think what they're, the um, Romine's going to be coming back. I think that that's what they're going to look at. If, if anything, they, they look maybe uh, to add some depth in the catcher in the, uh, in the minor leagues with, uh, with like smaller trades. But, you know, I know they got, um, uh, they got Heggie down there who, who battled injuries. Uh, he did not play well when he came up. I mean, he, he had one of the longest hitless streaks to come up. Uh, at that point, you're just like rooting for this guy to get a hit. But um, that, I know they have him back there. Uh, in AAA, and they, they do have a couple other options, but um, I think maybe a depth thing, a move, as you're going to see. I don't think you're going to get a flashy guy like this. Um, two years, $16 million is uh, was that the deal he signed, or was that one that no, no, MLB no. Trade Rumor pegged him at? Exactly. That's what MLB Trade Rumors is projecting for him. Yeah. And they also said that they expect him to look for a team that will give him regular playing time. Which will not And I happen. just don't think the Yankees would ever give him regular playing time. Yeah, I don't think it's a good fit. I think he's going to go to a different team. And you know, why were why are we spending eight million bucks on a on a backup catcher when we already have one? I don't know. Who who is already familiar with the majority of your staff? They're not getting. Exactly. I mean, that, that's Romine's not going anywhere. That's the pro, that, that, that's the thing. Like, there's no spot for him. I don't know why he was pegged as a, a Yankee signing. Well, this is less about Avila's uh, qualifications as a backup catcher and more about what actually fits this team that's what i'm saying like i don't know why mlb trade rumors pegged him as a, a sign from the yankees it doesn't make it's not a fit the fit's not there i've i've also noticed that mlb trade rumors kind of seems like they don't know what they're talking about yeah i think they throw out a lot of stuff they're like oh avila he, he does that money looks good over here gary sanchez i don't know the name of their backup catcher but maybe they they need a backup catcher that's what people do from a distance we have a backup well, catcher were, they were also the ones that said Tanaka is going to opt out and sign a $100 million contract with Philly. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, no, I, so I don't think it's a fit. I, I don't think, but I, you know, again, like talking about 
the what I think they're going to do is uh, they'll they'll fill that DH spot with someone who's got flexibility. Whether it's whether it's staying with a guy like Todd Frazier if he if they were to come up with something that was agreeable there, or going out and getting a guy that's you know a little bit more flexible. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a big splash though, and they're not going to be spending a lot of money on that guy. I mean, especially now when they're trying to, they will be under the the the, the tax threshold. That's that's one of the main objectives of the offseason. So they're not going to be going out and spending sixteen million bucks on a backup catcher that they don't need. Exactly. The next question is from Alex, and he says, "Since we're probably not going after any big time free agents this year, do you think we should spend our time locking up the young kids?" and avoid arbitration so Randy Levine doesn't piss everyone off. I kind of like that last part of that question. You and I have talked about maybe the Yankees locking up Gregorius uh, just because he's in his second year of arbitration and we think he's earned it. But I think there's also some some options the Yankees have with Sanchez and potentially Judge locking them up to long-term contracts at this point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle Judge and Sanchez because, you know, with the trends of these long contracts with uh, player opt-outs at a certain point, um, but it, it kind of stretches the money out. It, it makes it a little bit more team-friendly. I could see them going after I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think that after maybe another good season, you could see something like that. Um, granted, it would lessen their position to to um, to negotiate at that point if you have two two big seasons under your belt. But, I mean, it doesn't get you don't get any hotter right now than Aaron Judge. Uh, especially the way he finished the season. And then Gary Sanchez came off of another ridiculous year. And you see those two guys' numbers for their first two years. And, you know, you're talking about, like, Gehrig and Ruth and, like, guys you do not want brought up in any kind of a, a negotiation. Um, Didi's the guy, I think, that they really need to look at. Uh, second year of arbitration. This is a guy that, they, that absolutely deserves a long-term contract with the Yankees. And I think that this is the guy that they should focus on. Well, with Judge and Sanchez... Um don't you think at least with Judge, now he's on the cover of MLB The Show, that he's not going to sign before his contract, before he's a free agent. He he can get money doing all these endorsement deals. He's not worried about money. He's more worried about just proving himself and then signing signing a mega contract when his contract is up. Yeah. Well, I, I think Aaron Judge, too, I, People are going to kill me for for this because it's, it goes back to the person actually caring about where they play. And a lot of people don't think that people care about that. But I, I think that's wrong. I think people do care about that. I think the fact that Aaron Judge, while he is this massive human being, while he is putting up these gaudy numbers, it's so important for him to be with the New York Yankees because it elevates him so much more. I mean, look what Giancarlo Stanton was before this year. He, I mean, he could disappear very fast if he has like a bad week or two in being in Florida and Miami. It just... It's an easy when you go to a place like that. It's easy to disappear from the national spotlight. Aaron Judge being in New York is so so very much in the spotlight all the time uh, that it's such a benefit to him if he's you know if he's playing remotely well. So I think it is extremely important for him, especially to stay in New York because of the marketing side of it. I mean, I, I just don't think you're going to get those major uh, you know national marketing dollars if you're playing in a in a smaller market. So. I think it's beneficial for him too. So I could see him signing a contract with the Yankees. Also, the the first thing they have to do before they sign any young players is actually sign a manager. That is true. Got to sign a manager. Well, actually, you don't need to, I guess. He's just going to be managing the players that Brian Cashman puts in front of him. But The uh, final question is from Chris, and he says, It's Chris from Toronto. My question is about Brandon Morrow. He revitalized his career with the Dodgers this season after being called up in June, he's 33 years old, going to be 34 in 2018, and really would cost, uh, wouldn't cost would cost that much annually, maybe three years, 24 to $26 million. He would be another good asset if Green works out as a starter, if the Yankees try that, because of his multi-inning ability and 98-mile-an-hour gas. What are your guys' opinions on this guy? So Morrow came, I mean, he's been around for a while. He was with the Blue Jays for a while, Uh was he is he one of the guys that wears the Rex specs? Is he a Rex spec guy, or was he on the Blue Jays? I don't. I not. He's not one of the Rex specs guys that I remember. Uh, I thought he was. The Brandon Morrow worries me as a long term contract. One, I don't think the Yankees sign him because I don't think they need him. I think they have plenty of ammunition in their bullpen right now. There's no reason for them to go out and do this again. Let, let, let's reiterate the point that they are going to be under the tax threshold this year, going out and spending, uh, you know, money on Mara, whether, whether it's a good deal based on the numbers that he had this year is a, is a, um, is a bargain if you're looking at the player and the contract. It's not what the Yankees need right now because they need to get under that threshold so that they can spend money in the future. 
uh, circling next year's free agent class. That's where they're looking at. So no, I don't think they're going to sign him. It, he's a guy that worries me. Anybody who signs him, they're going to have maybe like to me, they're going to have altogether maybe one good year out of those three years. I feel like he's such a target to suck again, <laughs> and and to have such a down uh, a downtick from what he did this year. I, I don't trust it. Also, don't you think if the Yankees spend any sort of money this offseason, it's going to be in the rotation and not the bullpen? Yeah, the bullpen is not the bullpen's a, good. A, yeah. It's fine. There, there's no reason for them to do anything there. And there's nobody to spend money on in the rotation. So it's just not going to happen. Well, no, there's a fifth starter option. Yeah, I mean, okay, but nobody substantial that, we're, that they're even going to remotely look at. They're not looking at any of the top flight guys. Otani? <laughs> would, yeah, would you consider that a substantial signing? Yeah, I guess so. But that's not substantial money-wise. That that's also true. Yeah, I just think what what Morrow's gonna get as as what he would be as another option for the seventh or eighth inning is ridiculous. It's just not something the Yankees are gonna do. I think Morrow could be a good option for a lot of different teams. I just don't think he makes sense for the Yankees. Plus, he's gonna be he wouldn't want to go to the Yankees on a deal like that because he's not gonna be able to perform. I mean, he's not gonna be locked into a position, but not on this team. He wouldn't be the eighth inning guy or the. Uh, or the ninth even inning the seventh guy. inning, even yeah. the seventh, he'd be inning competing guy. for a seventh inning job. Right. And who knows what the next manager does? Maybe he, uh, maybe he's all over the place. Maybe Araldis Chapman's coming in the sixth with our next manager. Who knows? Maybe the numbers say that Araldis Chapman. Maybe we'll bullpen next year. I don't know. Who knows? We don't have a manager yet. It's too early well, to tell. <laughs> if they're going to bullpen, they need to sign a lot of bullpen guys. Though. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can bullpen with starters. They're they're openers. Remember. I do remember that. <laughs> All right, that is it for Mailbag Questions. Thank you guys for submitting. Again, bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast to submit those mailbag questions. Still, Scott, no manager, which you and I don't have a clue why this is going on. Maybe by the end of, maybe by next show, we'll have a manager to talk about. Any last words before we get out of here? Let's just say that they're not going to have a manager because I feel like we've been saying that they are going to have a manager. So, no, they're not going to have a manager. We're going to have another week of just talking about their manager. And unfortunately, we're not going to have a manager. Wink, wink. Well, that's why I keep saying it, because I'm, I'm wishing it to become true. I know, but I'm trying to anti-jinx you. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.